welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Boyce and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners who come from around the world, have been so dedicated and support me and follow these programs. Um, this is an author this morning joining us from Los Angeles who's been on with me a couple of times before. Uh, his name is Alan C. Fox. Good day to you, Alan. How are you? Uh, good morning, Greg. Uh, doing well, thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on again, and I appreciate your patience with me. Uh, we had a recording challenge last time on the show that we did. Um, I guarantee you this time it's being done. So Alan has written another new book called People Tools for Love and Relationships, The Journey from Me to Us. And for those who don't know you, Alan, I'm just going to let them know just a tad bit about you. Alan is a relationship expert. He has graduate degrees in counseling, law, and professional writing. His first book, People Tools, 54 Strategies for Building Relationships, Creating Joy, and Embracing Prosperity, became a New York Times bestseller, followed by best-selling People Tools for Business, 50 Strategies for Building Success, Creating Wealth, and Finding Happiness. And today... The book we're going to be talking about, People Tool for Love and Relationships. Now, Alan, you start your book off in the foreword of the book. Uh, your daughter wrote that your adage was, if you can only have one skill in life, getting along with others is the one to have. What, in your estimation, is the secret for my listeners uh, to get along with others? Well, Greg, I think the basic secret is to appeal to the other person's self-interest. You know, we all want what we want, and that's fine, but, uh, you know, why should you do something for me unless uh, I'm doing something for you? So I think you have to look at, at life and relationships from the other person's perspective in order to uh, to get along well with them. Mm-hmm. So be more empathetic, uh, understanding. And so when you're saying why should someone do something for you, um, versus reciprocation. So are you talking about reciprocity? Yeah, so I think, you know, good relationships have to be perceived by both people as approximately equal. You know, if an employee feels way underpaid, if a spouse feels taken advantage of, the relationship isn't, isn't going to be um, uh, a, an even one and it's not going to last too long. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so that's a good one. Now, you, on your 10th birthday, you told your mother that you were going to invite only girls to your birthday party. <laughs> yes. and, and your mother insisted that you invite some boys. So you invited one boy, and you had 10 girls there that you stayed in the book. You right. stayed that this was one of the best birthday parties of your life, and that you have always enjoyed the company of women. Now, your book is about love and relationships. How do you develop such bonding, great relationships with people in general? Well, I think in general, we have to remember that we, we tend to put our, our, our mother and father's face on men and women that we meet. And, you know, what happens to a 10-year-old? I think I had 10 girls and one boy at my birthday party. And I realized when I um, opened uh, my uh, commercial real estate business of when we started out, we had about uh, 10 employees, my partner and I. My partner and I are male, and the 10 people working with us were all female. And to this day, I think I have more people in my office who are, who are women. But, you know, getting along, I think, and finding out what other people want, first, you know, depends upon listening. Um, 
I was uh, I was on the Meredith Vieira show recently, helping a woman to uh, you know to find a man, and uh, and this woman is a comedian. She's very good. She's very very verbal, and I, I suggested that that she put that aside and listen. You know, when I was when I was single and dating, I'd make it a point on the first date to to ask questions and to listen. And women thought I was the most interesting man they'd ever met, not because I said anything, and though I was willing to certainly, but but I listened to them. Mm-hmm. I would say that that's true, and I think what you're reflecting on is a skill set um, that people are moving so fast today um, that they can't take the time to listen, or they don't take the time. It's not that they can't, it's that they don't. And you, and yeah, you write I, about, go ahead. No, I, I, uh, I, I totally agree, and, uh, and, and I think that's uh, an absolute key to, to successful relationship. You, know, you want to be listened to. I want to be listened to. Well, so does everybody else, and that's why I think it's important. Yeah, and that brings me to this next question. You write about being present with someone in the moment, and that it's the best that you can be, um, that you don't have to think about the other person when they're away from them or, or for away from them for a long time. While this might seem unusual for many, why do you believe that this in-the-moment attention is the most valuable uh, for a relationship? Well, it lets the other person know that you value them if you really pay attention. You know, if I'm, if I'm talking to, to my wife and she gets a call on her cell phone and, you know, leaves the room and takes the call, I feel that she's paying more attention to somebody else than to me. And, you know, once in a while, sure, that happens to everybody, no problem. But I, I think, especially in today's electronic age, we, we tend to uh, pay more attention to our, our Apple Watch, our, uh, we pay, pay attention to our texts. Um, and uh, so even when we're talking to somebody or out to dinner, we, uh, we, we tend to be paying attention to our, uh, our, our smartphone. And, well, and what what do you do when you're with somebody and you're trying to find the commonality, a common uh, link? So you're you're it's seeming like it's very challenging to make that link. What secrets do you have, or thoughts do you have for that to try and find something in common that interests both of you? Well, I, I think you know you you should follow your own interests and. Um, uh, and ask the other person what their interests are. What you know, find out if there are common interests. If uh, you know, if, uh, if the other person uh, likes to play tennis all the time, and, and you don't really care for that, that's a problem. If you like to uh, go on vacations to beach resorts and uh, they like to go uh, hiking in the mountains, then you, you need to know that. You need to know what your your values and your interests are. Mm-hmm. So the, finding the common values and common interests is an extremely important thing to having a loving relationship. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and you know, another another uh, suggestion uh, which I strongly have, uh, Greg, is is, uh, is to to be 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 authentic. You know, don't. Oh, I love tennis. Well, you know, sometimes that's what I think of as courtship behavior. I want to get you to like me, so I pretend to. To like what you like, uh, what I really don't. You know, you know, um, a woman I know uh, uh, got married, and immediately after the marriage ceremony, she said to her new husband, "Now I don't have to get on your darn boat anymore." Well, she had pretended to love going out on the boat, and uh, as you might imagine, that that marriage didn't last too long. 
Probably not. Oh, no, because he was she wasn't being authentic during the time that he had the boat and was courting him. So now, look, you're pretty good, much an expert at this. You've been married three times and you still believe in love at first sight. You state that the single most important relationship could begin at any moment and that we should open to that possibility. Do you ever find that people are so unaware of the opportunity staring them in the face that they're not aware and that they're not using their intuition? And if so, how do we develop this intuitive seeking sense? Well, developing an intuitive sense to me is, uh, is, is, is really partly you, you've got to take a positive outlook. In other words, uh, you know, I have one chapter in People Tools for Love and Relationship. You know, yes is the best word. And, you know, I like to hear yes. I don't like to hear no or no, you can't or I won't. And, and I'm saying sometimes that's necessary. But if you, if you regard everything as an opportunity, if, um, if I'm supposed to have lunch with uh, a business lunch and it cancels for some reason, I'm not going to bemoan that. I'm going to say, well, that's great. Now I have an opportunity to do some more work or talk to somebody else on the phone or do something else. So if you're looking for opportunities, if you see the world as filled with opportunities and opportunities with other people, you'll do a lot better than if you, uh, if you see that it's filled with, with uh, devastation and, uh, and bad things happening. Mm-hmm. And what recommendation do you have, Alan, for people trying to shift that mindset to being able to not being so negative, but really looking at the world um, with the opportunity mindset. Yes, ab- ab- absolutely. And also, no, I'm saying, how, what, what recommendations do you have for our listeners to actually shift their mindset? I mean, there's there's people out there that get into funk, or or they're there anyway. That was the way they were brought up was to look at things negatively. What what recommendations do you have? that you would tell our audience or our listeners about trying to shift that mindset? What are some of the psychological yep. things you can do to shift that mindset? Well, uh, I'm reminded of the joke uh, about a man in New York City in Times Square was looking for Carnegie Hall, and he saw a man carrying a violin and, and uh, thought, well, he would probably know where Carnegie Hall is. So he went up to the man with a violin case and said, you know, how do you, how do you get to call it Carnegie Hall? And the man with the violin said, practice, practice, practice. <laughs> so I, I think you have to practice, and you have to practice having a positive outlook. Uh, you should tell people around you that you appreciate a positive outlook. And, you know, praise yourself for being positive. We all, you know, sometimes get this idea that uh, if you're positive, you'll be disappointed. Well, you know, if you don't get what you want, you're going to be disappointed anyway. So I think you enhance your chance by practicing a mindset of being positive, of being positive about other people, being excited uh, about the good things in their life, um, and, 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 and keeping in touch. Um, and if, if only a friend of mine's wife is having surgery today, so early this morning I, I sent him a text, uh, you know, wishing him the best. So that, you know, keeps, keeps relationships current and lets people know that you care. I think that's important, staying in connection, you know. Uh, because building a community of support also builds the opportunity to look at the world in a much more positive way. So I think that's really important what you uh, mentioned there. Now, we talked about this a minute ago, but the importance of authenticity. You were saying the lady on the boat wasn't authentic in the relationship and being clear about one's needs and expectations. What recommendations do you have about maintaining 
and authentic relationship and clear and concise communication with your mate so that that happens. Well, one thing I think is uh, super important, Greg, uh, which I have a chapter on people uh, and people tools for love and relationships, um, is to take the long cut of telling the truth. You know, we're 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 all tempted at times to kind of tell a, a, a lie, a white lie, or perhaps a, a gray or black lie, and and you know, not be criticized uh, or, or rejected at the moment. But that's that's a short term thing, and. Um, you know, in business, I always tell people uh, the, the truth and what I expect to happen in the future, and it's not uh, always rosy, and uh, I, I want them to know what to expect. So I think it's it's uh, very, very important to be uh, uh, candid and truthful in a relationship and be supportive when your partner is truthful with you, even if it's news. You know, I, in, uh, in a previous book, I have a chapter, Tip the Messenger, you know, it's important to me in my life to get information. And if somebody gives me information, if someone comes to my office and says, hey, Alan, oh, God, this is a horrible thing just happened. If I get angry with them, they aren't going to give me any more information. Mm-hmm. So I say, I say, praise the messenger, tip the messenger. In other words, say, thank you. I really, really appreciate your, your bringing this to my attention. And in intimate relationships, that's even more important, I think, uh, to, to maintain the the attraction the love and the sincere interest uh, in the in the other person and and letting letting them know you trust them enough to to be open with them i think that those those points are so valid and obviously like you said you you have a lot of experience having been around the block a few times with three different marriages on what works and what doesn't work now you have a great formulated articulated in the, a formula articulated in the book it's happiness equals expectations minus reality. What's the best way for people to keep their expectations lower than they think? Well, you know, I I realize that I'm not excited so much um, about what happens in my life, but what happens as as compared to my expectation. So, uh, you know, I recently read two or three reviews of a new movie that was out that just raved about the film. And and I went to see it the, the first night it was out, and you know it was pretty good, but it wasn't as good as I expected it to be because of the reviews. So I was disappointed. So I always like to, um, you know, if somebody tells me, uh, oh, try this restaurant, it's the best restaurant I've ever been to. I try to reduce my expectations, or if I'm going to meet somebody, oh, this is the most interesting uh, person I've ever met. I try to reduce my expectations so that I don't get disappointed by having expectations that are way too high. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you, if you take a new job and expect to have your salary doubled in, uh, in six months, you're probably going to be disappointed. So keep, keep your expectations uh, realistic. I, I'd agree, because if you have unrealistic expectations, it doesn't mean you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And as we said previously, I think, the only place you really you can't expect somebody else outside of you to make you happy. Um, it's an inside job. Um, so if uh, your spouse or whatever um, is perturbing you, you probably ought to look at uh, your own attitude. <laughs> so absolutely, you know, and and that's that's what I discovered. Uh, as you mentioned, I've been married three times. I was married at age twenty-one for ten years, and uh, a little bit later for four years. Uh, my present marriage has been almost thirty-five years. But you know what? 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 I 
what I learned is I grew up with the idea that you find your one and only and you fall in love, get married, and live happily ever after. And if it doesn't work that way, then I said to myself, what's the problem? Well, the problem is I didn't pick the right person. So you dump them and get somebody else. Well, after that happened twice, I thought, you know, there's something wrong with this model. And I write in People, Tools, in Love and Relationships that it's not a matter of finding the right person. It's a matter of being the right person uh-huh. and being authentic in a relationship and letting yourself be known. And, uh, and as you were saying, Greg, if you are looking at someone else to, to save you and, and to make your life wonderful, you're looking in the wrong place. You should be looking at yourself and be the right person. It's, that's the best advice you can give somebody is 100% perfect dead on right there. So you mentioned that we talked about this a bit, but being truthful. But when you were a kid, you used to tell lies because you, you didn't like the consequences of telling the truth. And as you've aged and matured in life, you say the truth is the only way. Is there either a point where somebody is and tell a little white lie? Well, you know, we all do that. Um, I, I, I think it's best not to. In other words, um, if, if uh, I am, am busy working and someone calls me and I want to talk to them later and finish my task, I'm just going to ask my, my uh, secretary or assistant to tell somebody, uh, you know, I'll call you, can I call you back this afternoon? I'm not going to lie about it. So he's in a meeting. He's not in the office. I don't think you have to do that. So in terms of white lies, I, um, I, I, I don't think you have to go there. You know, if, 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 if a woman asks me, uh, how, how does my dress look? And, and I hate the dress. I'm going to find something positive to say. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say I love the dress. I might say, well, you know, I mean, it's a matter of individual taste, and, you know, maybe that color is not, not, not one of my favorites. So take, take the burden on me, but not criticize you. And I, I don't think that you have to do – I don't think you have to do uh, white lies, actually, although most of us do, uh, you know, some of the time. Yeah, I think, it, I think it happens for people, and I would agree that it's a – you definitely should set it your intention to always be 100% the truth. Now, you make an important point of this, and you discussed it earlier. If your wife answers the cell phone, you're not being paid attention to. But look, we have cell phones, and we have tablets, and we have computers, and we have all of these things which are distracting us from staying in that present moment. Um, I don't think there could be well, I won't say this because there's always can be more, but the reality is that there's a lot out there right now for people to choose from. What advice do you have for the use of cell phones or any other electronic device for that matter when it comes to maintaining your presence and staying in a loving relationship? Well, you know, there's there's a saying that, uh, that I was told years ago, which I kind of live by, which is um, bad news will wait. Good news will find you soon enough. So you don't have to know everything that's happening all the time. If it's bad, I'd I, I prefer not to find out for a few hours. And if it's good, then any time is fine. So I'd say this. First of all, with a couple, you know, when you're, when you, you should, my wife and I set a time each, each night, like about 9 o'clock, where we get together and we talk, review our day, and, uh, you know, no cell phones. The cell phone's in the bathroom charging, and it's not available and if somebody wants to talk to me or her, they they can wait until tomorrow. 
So I think, and, and also if I'm at lunch with somebody, uh, I, I generally turn off my cell phone mm-hmm. because, you know, you're going to have a lunch and both of you be on the cell phone half the time. And uh, I, I, maybe I'm old school, but uh, I, 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 feel, I feel neglected. I feel nobody's paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. I feel with anybody out in the world who, who calls on a cell phone or texts on a cell phone is going to get uh, more attention than I am, and I'm right there. So I, I, I really think it's important to be fully present when you're with someone and pay your full attention to them and, and what's going on and just automatically um, turn off the sound on your on your cell phone for, for a lunch. I, I think you could do without it for an hour. I think so, and I know I've been a culprit of it myself, but I do make an intention of every meeting I go in before to, to just leave the thing alone. Um, now, you have a great quote from Abraham Lincoln. Uh, you can help some of the people all of the time or all of the people some of the time, but you cannot help all of the people all of the time. What advice do you have for people um, about taking care of themselves before taking care of others? Well, you know, I, I, like, uh, I like that quote. There's also a, a proverb, which is uh, if you... Uh, give give a person a fish, you feed them for a day. If you teach them how to fish, you feed them for a lifetime. And, you know, I'm much more into, uh, Greg, and, and my People Tools series, into teaching you how to help yourself and help others, but it's not your responsibility. So uh, with, with your children, I mean, you, you can train them, you can tell them what's uh, proper to do, and then they're going to do it or not, but you're not responsible for their lives. You don't control your children. They get to be 14, 15, 20, and they, they think they're real people and have their own relationships and their own lives. So I think you have to be interested, supportive, willing to help, but not overly controlling. You have to realize that each of us makes uh, decisions for him or herself. Yeah, most definitely. And it, it is important for us, as you said, you know, before you can go out there and take care of a lot of people, you need to make sure you're taken care of, meaning, you know, your body, your mind, your spirit, everything, because that's how you're going to be of best use to people. Um, We've been on this morning with Alan Fox. He's the author of the People Tools series. The book book we've been talking about is For Love and Relationships, The Journey from Me to Us. Alan, where would people go to learn more about you, about the book, an opportunity to maybe hear you speak, um, watch you on YouTube, uh, any of those things. I know I've seen the clips from the TV shows. Um, What's the best place for people to learn about you, Alan? Okay, well, the best place is my website, which is uh, peopletoolsbook.com. That's peopletoolsbook.com. We have announcements about TV appearances. I've been on the Steve Harvey show several times, on Meredith Vieira a few times. Um, a few weeks ago, I was on The Social, which is a national show in Canada, similar to The View in the United States. And that, was, that was a lot of fun to talk to four women about uh, about relationships and, and uh, deal with their different ideas. And uh, I do a, a, a free weekly blog, and uh, I think that's interesting. It's like chapters from People Tools. Um, so peopletoolsbook.com is, is the best, and it has links to... Uh, YouTube appearances and uh, where I've been on uh, various uh, and all TV the shows. and all the social media as well, Facebook and Twitter and yeah. all the places that Alan yeah, is. Alan. Is it that is it that website? So again, for my listeners, that will be in the blog. It is uh, peopletools.com and peopletoolsbook.com. Uh, peopletoolsbook.com. Okay, okay, peopletoolsbook.com. Yeah. And uh, 
Alan, again, thank you for being on Inside Personal Growth and spending a few minutes imparting your wisdom of uh, about relationships, building relationships. I think it's such an important topic and something that we all can't learn enough about. It's always going on. So um, kudos to you. Kudos for another great book. Um, enjoy the journey, Alan. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. I hope uh, this is helpful to your listeners.